Episode 199 of the PJ Archive is a phone interview I did with the multi-award winning, internationally successful English singer, actress and dancer, Sarah Brightman. Sarah began her career with the dance troupe Hot Gossip, best known for their 1978 hit single, I Lost My Heart to a Starship Trooper. In 1981, she made her London musical theatre debut in Cats and went on to marry its composer, Andrew Lloyd Webber, from 1983 until 1990. In the mid-1980s, she originated the starring role of Christine Daae in his show The Phantom of the Opera in the West End and on Broadway. Since then, she's gone on to become the world's best-selling soprano with album sales of more than 25 million and many sold-out concert tours. Time to Say Goodbye, her 1996 duet with the Italian tenor Andrea Bocelli, top charts all over Europe, and is the all-time highest and fastest-selling single in Germany. My interview with Sarah took place in 2003, when she was promoting her eighth studio album, entitled Harem. It's a very distinctive sort of theme and feel to it. Is, is that due to where you've been travelling lately or, or even where you are in life right now? I, th- I think I, I had to take a rest from, from live work for about two years because I'd, I'd done this sort of, um, Eden and La Luna um, arena tours around the world and I got quite tired, so I had to take some time off from all of those sort of live concerts. And it, it, this was the kind of project I'd, I'd always wanted to sort of do musically. I'd, I'd always been interested in, in world music, and especially yeah. um, music from, you know, the Middle Eastern and Indian territories. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd love sort of literature about all of these areas, and, you know, like Arabian Nights and T. Lawrence <laughs> and all of those, those sort of cinematic movies, like Lawrence of Arabia and English Patient. And um, I just, it, it was just something I wanted to do, but I knew that I had to be quite involved in it, in the production and the writing mm. um, of the music and of the lyrics. And so this seemed a, a sort of opportune moment to do it, because I had some time. Yeah. And um, so I started. <laughs> the photos on the um, album cover and sleeve are quite revealing, almost raunchy. What was the thinking behind that? I think there's a sort of sensuality behind the, the feel of the album. Yeah. And that's probably... It's something I wanted to, to portray... Um, a sensuality, also sort of uh, mystique, something very feminine, something very beautiful, something that could be sort of uh, um, like an ancient tale, but could be a contemporary one as well. Um, and uh, actually, for for the pictures, a lot of the ideas often came from a lot of the, the sort of old um, art. I'm talking about Alma Tadema and those kind of artists. Yeah. But sort of revealed women in a very sensual but very beautiful way and um, I think that you know that's that's really really what, where I took some of the ideas from you look in tremendously good shape is that is that through through hard work or are you just naturally blessed in that way um, I think I've been fairly ma- naturally blessed but I I think my work because I'm very busy all of the time you know I'm always sort of running from country to country so there's not a lot, lot of time to sort of eat <laughs> all day <laughs> um, so and I, I do run I like running so yeah. um, if I can I'll, I'll take a run in the park or on the treadmill or whatever I actually like the feeling of it so 
it, it, it's not something that I, I feel I have to make myself do. Um, and I think probably a mixture of all of those things keeps, keeps me sort of fairly fit and quite slim. But I, I never, you know, deny myself anything, you know, if I, if I want to eat shepherd's pie or I want <laughs> fish and chips, I'll, I'll have them. But because, you know, always it's not easy to get hold of that food <laughs> often, you know, it's, it's, I don't indul- overindulge with things like that. What are your, um, your hopes for this album? I, I hope that, that people will just enjoy it, because I had, it was an amazing challenge to make. It was quite complicated to make, because I went out to, you know, different areas like, like Cairo, and I was in Beirut in North Africa, and a lot of, recording a lot of the, the musicians um, in these areas, because um, it, was, it was better to go to them and record. So it, it took a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of thought, because I think with a theme like this, it could almost become cliched. So yep. I had to be very careful with the fusion of, of the sort of Western music and, and, and Eastern um, uh, musicianship. The, the thing that worried me most actually about it was that um, I thought that all the Arabian territories, because a lot of it is their music, I, I thought they would they would go completely against it. And in fact, it, it went to number one in all of those territories. Wow. And they, they really seem to enjoy it there. It's a big hit. So I thought, oh, good, I've done something right. <laughs> How concerned are you these days about the way your work is received? Um, I mean, it's always nice to be received well. Um, but I know, I kind of know myself if I've done a good job or not. So it, it's really about how I'm feeling about about the piece or, or the work that I've done, um, not about how the press may decide to perceive it. So I think that, you know, the most telling thing for me, obviously, isn't always in album sales, because sometimes, sometimes that's beyond your control, because maybe a record company doesn't get something promoted properly, or you don't have the right publicity personal, or all sorts of, you know, things can not go well. So sometimes, you know, really, really great albums and great, great works don't really get great album sales, and sometimes, you know, real bullshit does. Um, you know, and that's, that's, you can't sort of go by album sales, but what you can go by is audience appreciation in a concert. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, I, I do get a lot of um, appreciation from audiences, and it's, it's around the world, and, and that for me is, is, is telling, so I, I feel good about that. It's often been said, though, that the UK has been one of your toughest markets. Why do you think that is, and, and how much does it bother you? British and I am English, so it's, you know, of course, home is incredibly important to me. I've had a very, very long career, um, and it started in Britain, so they've known me longer than anybody else. And when you have a long music career like, like mine, you do naturally grow and you go into different areas. And a lot of the different areas I've, I've, of music that I've gone into have been maybe when I've been living in America or living in continental Europe. So kind of Britain in many respects haven't been able to catch up with me sometimes. So when I come back here and try and promote something, they go, well, hang on a minute. I mean, we last knew you from the Lloyd Webber days, Phantom, then before that Starship Trooper. You know, what is all this? So, you know, sometimes it, it, it takes my own country a while to get round what, what I have been up to in the last in the last sort of 10 years 
It's reported that you have several homes, but you still call England home, though, do you? Well, I do. I have small places all over the place, really because of uh, practicalities. I, I, I have a small place in, in Italy um, because um, I, I, I work with a singing coach over there, and obviously the language is good if I'm working for, for classical music, because a lot of it is in, in, in Italian. My family live in Spain. Um, I have um, a small place in, in Miami, and, uh, of course, I have something in London because, you know, this is, is where I, I come from. But it's, uh, you know, I don't live in <laughs> huge mansions all over their places. They're more like sort of small apartments. Um, probably the, the, the place in London that I have is, is the nicest, the one with, with largest space. Can you tell us a bit more about this home in London? I bought it about, let me think, in about 1994, I think it was. And I'd actually been living in America. And um, I, when I came back to, to Britain to do some theatre, and I did a lot of plays here, and I was kind of living in, in hotels or with my mother, who was living in the south of England at that time, and it was, it was getting crazy. And, and so I thought, I've, I've really got to, to get myself somewhere to live in Britain. So I ended up buying, buying this apartment. And it was funny, actually, because I'd always lived in, in the area... Um, that I, I am in. I kind of didn't want to go back to it. And the estate agent said to me, by the way, there is um, an apartment which I think you'll really, really like. And mm. he said, I just sort of get, having got to know you for the day, I think you're, I'm going to take you around to it. And I sort of, she told me the area and I thought, oh no, I don't want to go there. That's how I, where I always lived. And she mm. took me and I walked in the flat and I thought, I, I, I would really like it, please, because it was just a big sort of airy space and I felt very comfortable in it. And it didn't have any furniture in it. And um, for the first few years, it, it literally had a, a futon and two sofas and, and a small coffee table, which I ate off of, and my <laughs> piano. And that was it for a long time. So is, is it a coincidence, then, that uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber has his home quite close by, um, his London home? Yes, totally. Mm. And did you see him around there much? Did you pop to each other's...? Andrew is a sweet, dear friend and a lovely man. And, yes, sometimes... Um, he and his wife um, invite me for to come and have some supper with friends or whatever. But I'm not here very much, so it's it, it's and obviously they're travelling around the world as well, doing their things, and and so you know that it doesn't happen that often. Now he's currently involved in making the film of the Phantom of the Opera. Why aren't you starring in it? Well, you know the, the part is really for an 18-year-old. <laughs> I don't think I have to sort of say any more. But the role of Christine, if not the entire show, was basically written for you. Are you not hurt not to be in it, in, at least in some part? Well, no, not really. I mean, I, I was the original, and it was a very long time ago. I mean, we're talking about 1985 or something like that. Um, and I think, you know, I've, I've moved on, really, um, with what I'm doing. And I think even if I'd been offered the part, I probably would have said I don't think it's a good idea because the story, if you look at story it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be realistic for you know a more adult um performer to be performing it because it's it's this is it's about a young ballerina in an opera house who's taken in by by a sort of you know a Svengali figure hmm. and i mean you know a, a woman of my of my sort of age and knowledge and everything it, it just wouldn't 
it, it, it wouldn't stand true. So Are you involved in the film in any sense, though? Not at all, no. And I, I, I wish everybody luck with it, because it, I would think it's quite a hard piece to to represent in, in within film, because it was very much made for theatre. Um, but I think n- nowadays... Um, it's, it's probably coming out at the right time because after sort of the managing to make, um, you know, the Moulin Rouge work well, um, the Chicago work well, I think people are more open to the kind of movie musical, um, sort of theatrical, with more theatrical sense within, within the movie, especially with special effects that they can do nowadays. I mean, it's, it's really opened up many, many things. So, you know, I wish everybody great luck with it. I always wondered, though, if they produce a video or a DVD of a stage show, will it mean people won't bother going to see the stage show because they can just watch it on TV at home? And after all, Cats did close shortly after the video was released. I actually think that probably theatre and moviegoers are are different. And, I mean, I would... If I really liked a, a, a movie musical, it would actually make me think, well, I'd really like to see the stage show now, or vice versa. So I think probably one feeds the other. I don't think... I think that maybe at the beginning of a, of a, of a, of a, a theatre play or a musical, it's a bad idea because you have to establish it. But, I mean, uh, these, these musicals that have been around for so long, like Chicago, like Evita had, like, like um, Phantom had, I think it's safe to then do, once they've been, really been established, uh, it's safe then to do movies of them. A lot of Michael Crawford fans were upset that he wasn't given the role of the Phantom in the movie. What's your opinion on that? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say, really. Um, I, can't, I can't really comment on that. Hmm. What's been the extent of your contact with him since you worked together on the original stage show? Um, he lives in America. I'm not really sure where. I think on the West Coast. Um, I don't know. So I haven't really had, had a lot of contact because we've been living at, on the opposite sides of the globe. <laughs> yeah. It's always been sort of rumoured that you never really got on. Was that fair comment? Uh, I don't think so, no. Right. I don't know where that came from. I certainly never said anything like that. Mm. Many people probably assume that the time you spent starring in that show was probably the most exciting time of your life. How right would they be? Um... I think that all, all the things that I have performed in or recorded or my shows that I do now, my arena tours, whatever, all of it is exciting. Um, the past has been exciting, the, the present is exciting, and hopefully the future will be as well. Yeah. Um, so it's all, they all have their own great feelings. And what are the chances of you working with Andrew again sometime? I have no idea. I can't answer that question at the moment. Why haven't you been in any stage musicals since Phantom? Um, probably because I have another career. Um, a very successful career. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, I record albums. Um, they sell all over the world. I, as I said earlier, I do um, perform in arena tours all over the world. have done for a few... Um, years and uh, my life is incredibly busy and incredibly full doing what I do um, and uh, that's really why I haven't done um, any theatre work for quite a few years because what I'm doing now has taken up all my time. To what extent do you feel you've been sort of typecast as a musical theatre performer and that's prevented you being offered TV or film acting roles? Um, 
ever gone in for TV or film acting roles? Everybody always assumes that if you're, you've become successful um, in an area, be you an author or a, a uh, whatever, that they always assume that the next step up is doing a movie role or a TV role. Um, that isn't in, in my sort of feeling um, about myself. I've always felt, I've always been very passionate about music um, and very passionate about the concerts that I've always done and uh, creating wonderful, wonderful concerts for people. Um, and I hope to, to sort of go on with, 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 with my music and growing as, as a musician. Also, I'm, I'm very keen on, on writing um, more in the future. I'd like to go more into the, the classical field, go back to college at some point, learn orchestration, all of those kind of things, and compose. Um, this is the wonder about music. You're not reliant on, you're reliant more on experience rather than, rather than youth. Um, so it's, I, I, if people want have typecast me in Britain, if they have, because I think that, that a lot of people don't anymore, um, they haven't all over the world, because many, many people, for example, in Japan or Southeast Asia or Canada or South America or main, uh, America as well, they mainly know me for the, for the, for the work that I've been doing sure. in the last 10 years. But of course, the Americans do have a knowledge of me doing something, but of course I only did that for five months over there. So they see it as part of a, a past of my career. Um, so if I am typecast, it's probably only in this country, but I think that's disappearing quite fast as well. How do you find performing solo concerts compares with being in a pop group or a stage musical? Yeah, how can I explain it? It's really on your shoulders, um, but saying that, you have the total control of, of what, is, what is happening because you're the only one performing but in in some sense you don't because you're performing still with an orchestra or a or a band or whatever um i don't i can't find it quite difficult to answer that question because i i've enjoyed all all types of performing i love working with actors and it's the most wonderful thing to sort of deliver a line and you get a line back it's like real life really and that's that's the wonder of it but you're creating a a story for people for an audience um so uh I suppose the difference is you might be a little more lonely in your performance, but you're not because you're sharing it with thousands of people in front of you. Um, and when I do go on tour, I'm, I'm, I'm traveling with about 50 people, musicians and crew and, um, you know, all the people that make up these, these kind of things. And um, it, it doesn't feel lonely at all. So I don't know. I, I, I find it difficult to answer the question. <laughs> How much contact do you have now with the other members of um, Pan's People and Hot Gossip that you work with? I don't have any. The only contact I have is with Arlene Phillips, and I see her sometimes. Uh, no chance of a reunion with them one day just for a one-off or anything? Um, I don't think so. I haven't heard of one. <laughs> I'm not really a reunion, reunion type person. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever do pop again, though? Through the last um, the last seven years, um, a lot of my music that I've been doing has been picked up and gone high up in the dance charts. I mean, for example, with this album, the title song Harem has been at number one in the American dance charts for quite a while, um, and has been so in a lot of other countries as well. And in the last few years, you know, most of the albums I've had 
Um, they, some of the songs, a lot of the songs have been remixed and been in dance charts. So in that respect, um, that hasn't really stopped. But it, it's interesting being a kind of artist that's sort of number one in classical crossover charts, as well as being number one in the dance charts. So it's, I think I'm probably held to market for my yeah. company. Certainly, you, you deservedly had great success with your duet with uh, Andrea Bocelli. How well did you get to know him? Um, how can you? How can it's very hard to answer that. It's it's very difficult to, to know a person totally when you're going to a, a TV studio singing a song. Then you go off and both go off and do your separate countries, or go off and do your concerts or whatever. I I got to know. Um, Andrea a little, um, because obviously we'd talk uh, when we were waiting to do camera shots and whatever. Um, he's, he's a lovely man. He's got a lot of feeling in him. Um, he, uh, I don't really know what else to say. He's, he became very successful very quickly, and I think, you know, with the disability that he had, he, he managed it amazingly. He did, in fact, um, train as a lawyer um, before um, he actually decided to a singer. Um, he's a very intelligent man, uh, very instinctive. Did you discuss his disability with him? No, I wouldn't do that. I mean, once I'd met the first time, I'd never really been in contact in a work, within work, my work with, with a blind person. Yeah. And of course, the first time I met him, I was aware of it because I had to know how he worked so yeah. that I could be helpful in any way. But really, after that first meeting, I didn't even think about it. Mm. May we know which other artists you regard as your real friends? Um, I think that probably my real, real friends come from childhood, people I went to school with, also my family. I have a very, very large family. I would think that other artists um, are probably more acquaintances. I think that often it's, it's very... Um, it would be a pressure on artists to make each other all best friends because, um, you know, we all travel a lot, we're all under a lot of pressure, sometimes we have to work with each other in working relationships, so it's, I think that, that often that, that isn't a possibility, and I think that the artists themselves are the, are the first to understand that. These days, Charlotte Church is receiving a lot of press attention. Do you know her at all? I, I met her once when I did a, um, uh, a show for the Pope quite a few years back and she was a, a little girl and she came and did, sang um, I can't remember what she sang now it was a Christmas carol and I said hello to her <laughs> she was with her mother I remember oh. that <laughs> that was a while ago yeah. <laughs> yes to what extent do you feel your own relationship with the British press has changed over the years um, I don't know because I don't really have a relationship with them because huh? I don't do that much with them and I'm not here that much. Um, so I couldn't tell you. You as journalists might know more than, than I do. Hmm? <laughs> Seems to be fine now, anyway. That's the main okay. thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're known to be a perfectionist. Do you think that sometimes that gets misinterpreted as, as difficult or demanding or something? Um, I don't know that I'm a perfectionist. I like to do things as well as I, I possibly can. Isn't that the same thing? I don't know if it is. I don't think one can be a perfectionist. Um, it's not possible because things 
go on and on and on. Um, uh, I don't. I demand a lot of myself um, because I want to give so much and to do and 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 to to do something as well as I possibly can. Um, that that's all I can say about that, really. Mm. You certainly showed a very different side to you on Graham Norton's TV show last oh, year. Oh, he was very funny. Well, he brought it out of me. <laughs> How did you feel <laughs> afterwards about that? He's a nice man. Yeah, he is, isn't yeah. he? How did you feel afterwards about your appearance on that show? Um, I felt fine because I, I felt very relaxed with him and um, just, I was just being myself, really. Oh, I'd love to know what your former husband thought about the claim you made in that show. I think he thought it was probably rather funny. I think he saw the situation that I'd kind of been put into and uh, saw that I'd got out of it in a very easy, light way and <laughs> turned it around completely. Um, and uh, I think he just saw the funny side of it. Did you actually discuss it with him or you just believe that's the case? No, I, I think he mentioned something once and, and, and we laughed about it and that was the end of it. It really wasn't important enough to get into. Mm. To what extent do you feel, over the years, you've put your professional life above your personal life? Um, quite a lot, to tell you the truth, if I'm being honest. Mm. Um, but I don't think that I could have done it any other way. I think that to do what I do, you, you, it's very hard to half do it. Um, I'm, I've never been a particularly good person at juggling. I have no idea how women manage to juggle a career, marriage, children, all of those things together and be successful. I have complete admiration because I can mm. do it. Um, I get very tuned into something I'm doing and very focused and I, I find it very difficult to, to go in any other direction at the, at the parallel time. So uh, that is probably the reason why, why I think I, I have put, put career above, above personal things. But saying that, you know, I have, a lovely, I have a lovely family and I see them as often as possible and they see me and my relationship with my family is wonderful. How has being wealthy affected your hunger for professional success? I'm not that wealthy. Well, better off than me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it depends how you how you look at wealth. Yeah. Um, I've carried on exactly the same way with my life and my work and my, my being and my centre. Um, I don't think I've changed really since I was, you know, a young adult. Um, my way of life hasn't changed. It, it just hasn't changed. I haven't changed. So I don't think if, if there is more money around that anything's made any difference. How much of your life is spent working now and, and what do you do when you're not working a lot of my most of my life is spent working but I, I hate calling it work because I enjoy it so much a good deal of it of course you know you're traveling um, you, you arrive in, in different countries before concerts or before doing a TV something or other or whatever you're doing and um, you know your people people be are wonderful and, and they they may for example, a, a record company would take me out for lunch or something like that. Um, so you meet new people all the time. Um, and so a lot of what I do, although it, it is quite tough, is, is, um, is pleasurable as well. And I try and make the most out of, of the, you know, every country I travel to or how all the people that I meet and enjoy it. 
So I, that's why I think I, I, I uh, you know, hate calling it work. Yeah, yeah. It's not a, it's not a, a drudge for me. It's, it's a passion. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, good, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> to what extent do you feel you've been given the credit that you deserve as an artist and, and even as a person? I, I don't read many things, to tell you the truth, that are written about me. You know, because because I'm moving around so much, I'm always thinking of the next project and, and of creative things rather than, you know, things that are, are written about me. I follow my passion tremendously in my music mm. and whatever, and I spend a lot of time doing it. Um, but I don't, I don't expect lots of credit for things because I'm actually doing what I really love. So I'm, I'm, I don't expect anything like that. I don't think in those terms. Would you like to be Dame Sarah one day? Oh, God, no, I haven't even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I'm in a pantomime. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic answer. <laughs> what, are your, what are your aims and ambitions at this stage? Um, just to go from day to day and enjoy everything that I do and have been given, and that really, really is. I don't, I, as I said, you know, the little things I've mentioned to you about composing and all of those things, I think... It's, it's not like they're gold or anything. I think they will happen because, mm. you know, I am a musician and it's what I do. So I, I just want to be happy, you know, um, and, you know, to carry on with the way that I'm, I'm going because it's nice. This interest in composing, anything to do with Andrew? Does he encouraged you or inspired you? Not really, no. It's, it's something I did, you know, when I was much younger. But, you know, when you, sometimes when you, when you become a performer in, in the way that I am, that kind of takes over. Mm. And I think while probably I have the, the energy and the youth to do what I'm doing, that's what I will be. I will be a singer, a performer. But, you know, as time goes on, obviously, you, you don't have as much energy and, and you, you grow mentally. Um, so you, you go into other areas of music and, and the obvious place for me um, would, and it's something that I am capable of, of, of doing, um, because it's within me, is, is, is to compose music. Hmm. How hard do you think it is to get older in what is largely a youth-orientated industry? I don't know that it is a youth-orientated industry anymore. Because women look great up to 60. Um, you know, I, people, I won't mention all the names because I don't need to. We all know these, these one sort of amazing women in, in, in the entertainment industry who look fabulous. Um, at you know, as they get older, and and um, have kept themselves together, they're still performing, they're still you know getting accolades. Um, so I don't, I'm not sure that it really, really stops. And actually, they they are the ones that decide when they don't want to worry about it anymore. Do you actually ever envisage retiring one day? I don't think I'll I'll ever be able to retire what I consider um, a passion. So if that passion dies, I suppose that would be turned as a, a retirement from it. Do you want to live to a ripe old age? Yes, I do, very much so. And, but what I want most, if I do that, is to be healthy. Maybe I'm asking too much. How satisfied are you with your career so far? Very. I, and I, I, I'm satisfied because I think that uh, I tried to do as well as I could with, with my career. I, I really tried hard and, um, and have enjoyed it well. I mean, mm. obviously, you know, there are tough moments and you, you do question yourself at certain, at certain times, but I think, I think, I think I've done okay. <laughs> I should say. But how do you feel about the fact that no matter what you do, people always remember you from the phantom and that marriage? Well, if that's what they 
will remember them, that's up to them. Mm. How would you like to be remembered after you've gone? I'd like to be remembered as, as um, a singer, which is what I am. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to, by the people that know me well, um, I'd like them to have fond and good memories of me. And that, that, that's probably, you know, all one needs to ask for. Well, thank you very much indeed. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. All right, thank you. And continued success to you. All right, and to you. Cheers now. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.